Welcome to WSHIT's Power Hour for the Lord. If you do feel so inclined to get up and make that donation along with your prayer request, send it to 470-584-8449. And now a brand new song from Brother Reverend Brian. Speak it, Brother Brian. I was sitting here Talking with the Lord Saying, God, bring me some wine For I put my trust in you, holy God But I feel I'm running out of time It's been troubling me I'm so troubled, oh Lord by this plague that's bothering me Why am I still flying first class When a jet is all I need So if you could answer me Lord, Just raise me up And wash me on your shore just give me their money and need that plane so I can fly it to all of my homes. I'm talking about love, pure, pure love. It's love in the first degree. Because these whores out here, Lord. They just ain't working for free. These whores, oh Jesus. They just ain't working for free. For free. Oh no. Bobby, that plane, Jesus, I just need it. WSHIT will be back after this commercial break. On this episode of the commercial break. Oh my God! Are we going into this? Is this is this, a, is this <laughs> yes. turned into Doctor Phil? Yes, like, just what just. Are we doing here? Well, okay. You want to go there real quick? Let's go there real quick. You want to turn into Doctor Phil? How about Jenny Jones? You worked at Jenny Jones. Oh my gosh. Okay. I have done my homework. You are not allowed to say that because then that ages me. My God. You could have been 18 when you did Jenny Jones. Yeah, but you know what? Yesterday when you were like, hey, is there anything off limits? I should have been like, my age. My age is off limits. Break. I want to get back to one question. I, uh, Oscar, Wait, Brian, I. Brian, can yeah. we do this? Yeah. Can we, when you and I work together, can we call it Preparation H? Yes. <laughs> yes, we Please. can call it whatever you want. <laughs> Preparation H, fluffing, I don't care. Whatever you want to call it, you can call it. I'm going to go fluff Oscar. I'll be right back. I love that. I'm I fucking go. yeah. love that. Preparation H. Just the tip, whatever you want to call it, Oscar, I'm in. So here's the thing. So I've noticed, Brian, is that I am good on a receiving end. 
he he. Wait, what's I a blouse? What's a blouse? Tell Honor me what a blouse receipt. is. It's a feminine top. Calm down. It's a feminine um, top. I am good on a receiving end, but I'm not sometimes always good on the other. Also, for all the gay men out there, calm down, because I know you're good right now. The next episode of The Commercial Break starts now. Oh, that's Dolphin for that's a, that's Hello. Dolphin. Somebody told me you were locked out of your house, Mrs. Crubbin. I am. <laughs> How many keyholes do you have? I have two. No, nay, three keyholes. Let me get on it, Mrs. Crubbin. <laughs> the continuation of Brian's Thesbionic porn series. Yes. Here in the commercial break porn studios. <laughs> how we make extra money. <laughs> hey, shh. shh. <laughs> Quiet. I don't want the IRS to figure it out. I'm Brian. This is Hildy and Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. Welcome to the commercial break. We're back for another edition. I uh, I found out something interesting this morning. I thought you'd be, I thought you'd love to know this. What's that, Brian? The number one determining factor in whether or not you make a connection with someone on Tinder is what now? I don't know. I thought you were going to tell me. It used to be, it used to be looks, <laughs> okay, right? right? That's what swipe right was looks. That's still a big That's part. the algorithm. It's I'm sure it's still part. a big part. I'm yeah. sure it's is right under the following uh, factor: your political affiliation. Oh, okay. Fucking figure that one out, right? But yeah. I guess it's true. Like if you were a hardcore, <laughs> if you're a hardcore <laughs> Republican. Nah. I was talking to a friend about this, and I was like, five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago, when I was single, I would not have given one shit. No, it's whether, not a deal breaker. It wasn't a deal breaker to me. Yeah. I mean, if you're a Republican, okay, we don't see eye to eye on a few things, but I really wouldn't have been like, you know, at least until at least until we slept together a couple of times, and then I maybe would have <laughs> let you go. But it would have at least gotten you through a couple yes. of dates, right? Mm-hmm. But now... You say hardcore Republican, hardcore right wing extremist, and I'm probably I'm out of here. See you later. Deal breaker. Yeah, and so Mm -hmm. I can understand why. So the good folks at Tinder keeping us surprised of all the of how just how fucked up our nation has become. (laughs) Thank you, Tinder. Wonderful. I mean, as if swiping right and left wasn't fuck it up enough, they have to do that. Also in China, I've learned that they are now doing COVID ass drive through tests. Oh my god! They are testing people ass (laughs) tests. Drive through ass tests. I guess you stick your ass out the window. Thank you very much. You have a long pole and they just they have figured out that testing through your ass is the most effective way to figure out whether it's the most it's the quickest way to figure out whether you have COVID. Okay, that's the rapid rapid. That's the rapid rapid. (laughs) It's the rapid rapid. Hey, listen, uh, they've been sticking their fingers up my ass for a long time. And then they all of a sudden decided it wasn't a way to find out about prostate cancer. Go figure that one. They. In Switzerland, months ago, they were testing the shit, like they were testing the the water inside of the sewers to determine where the next outbreak was going to be. And it was an incredibly effective way to do that. And Switzerland kind of clamped down on their their rising COVID problem. So I guess up the ass is just the way to go. It's the quickest. Yeah, it seems like a messy (laughs) affair on a drive through test. I had my kids done. (laughs) Maybe it's easier for the kids, though, because I can, you know. Well, yeah, the temperature I won't checks. Get into it. Yeah, yeah, temperature checks are much easier up their butt than it is in there anywhere else. Uh, www.tcbpodcast.com is where you go to find out more information about Chrissy or I. You can view our entire library, listen to all the audio episodes, and at the commercial break on the ever-growing Instagram account. I think we're almost at 500. 
Nice. Yeah, I, I figure that's, that's about a huge. third. Uh, yeah, one tenth of our audience has decided to take the jump, the plunge yes, over to Instagram. Yes, we appreciate that one tenth. And on the ever popular Clubhouse at Ryan Green at TCB Chrissy, the Commercial Break Club and the Comedy Podcast Club, you can join that if you need an invitation. I got about a hundred of them, so just hit me up. And I think we're on Android now. So oh, sweet. Yeah. So I don't. I mean, I don't know that for sure, but some people say it. So if you have Android and you want to try it out, I'll send you an invitation. And that is it. We're in here in the studio today recording. Speaking of Clubhouse, so let me take a minute to explain. Yes. So Clubhouse is such a fantastic application. We've talked about it a lot here on the show. It's a social audio app. What does that mean? Well, it means uh, I don't know what it means, but that's what they call it. And basically you get on uh, this application. It's like chat Chat rooms. rooms. Yeah, like the 90s, like telephone chat rooms Mm -hmm. only. It's through your phone on an application. And Mm -hmm. there's some kind of management of how people have right. discussion, right? It's not just a total clusterfuck of 30 people making, you know, horse noises <laughs> over each other. <laughs> and it doesn't cost nineteen ninety nine a minute. You go into specific rooms. You can go into specific you're rooms. Invited yeah, and you can talk. Whatever you don't flo- have to talk if you don't want to. No. You just don't have to talk if you don't want to. Whatever floats your boat is mm-hmm. probably there. And one of the things that I like to do is I like to run in and out of the comedy rooms because, you know, trying yeah. to be funny on this show. So I like hearing <laughs> other comics and what, they, what they're up to. And during – it's perfect timing because during coronavirus, all the comics have to go underground. They yeah. can't do their stand-up. And so they either have to do it on Instagram. And now Clubhouse, they've found a new place to live and breathe and find an audience. And so there are a couple of rooms or there are a couple of clubs that are very popular on Clubhouse. And I'm just a big fan fan of some of the comics that come up there. Our guest today is Oscar Aiden. He's a New York-based comic. He's producing four shows in three boroughs. He says his goal is to do five shows in five boroughs. He is a wonderful human being and an ever-brilliant personality. Welcome Oscar Aiden to the show. Welcome. Oscar, how are you? Oh my gosh, can you can you follow you around? All of that what you just said. <laughs> Can you take all of that what you just said and send it to my parents? Uh, yes. How do your parents? Where are you from? Like, oh, are you, uh, I know I've done a little research on you. Where are you from? Where are your parents from? Oh my God! Are we going into this? Is this is this, a, is this yes. turned into Doctor Phil? Yes. Like, just how, just. What are we doing here? Well, okay. You want to go there real quick? Let's go there real quick. You want to turn into Doctor Phil? How about Jenny Jones? You worked at Jenny Jones. Oh my God! Okay, I have done my homework. You are not allowed to say that because then that ages me. My God, you could have been eighteen when you did Jenny Jones. Yeah, but you know what? Yesterday when you were like, "Hey, is there anything off limits?" I should have been like, "My age, my age is off limits." I'll cut this part out of the show. I promise. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He's like editorial control. I'm keeping this in the show. Editorial Uh, control. I actually, I did. I worked at Jenny Jones when I was like, you know, just a a freshman, baby, high school, just a young tulip right out of high school. What was it like working at Jenny Jones show? My God, it was hysterical. It was absolutely hysterical. So I did audience warm up for them. Wow. And it was, yeah, I did audience warm up ish uh, for them. And then also I was on the show actually a few times. Oh, you were? <laughs> what were you on? on were you playing a part? A few- yeah, so it was one of those, I was in drag where it was like, you're hot, but not hot. Or like, you think you're hot. But you're not that hot. Or so one of those like really awful branded episodes that they do. Like the cl- like, like the know. clickbait, early clickbait. Yeah. They just oh, say yeah. something and ridiculous so, and try and follow through on it. Yeah. Right. And so like I would be there and I would judge them and be like, uh-uh, girlfriend, not with those shoes. 
<laughs> I look back and I'm like, oh god, like I was the reason for reality TV. You know? I'm just like, oh no. Jenny Jones, for those that don't yeah, know, for for and we do, we might have some younger listeners. We do have some younger listeners. For those of you who don't know, it's like a precursor. To, I don't know. Uh, what, I, Dr. J- Phil. Jerry, Dr. Phil, and, Jerry Springer, yeah. mix of it, all of it. Yeah. Jenny Jones was like, I think she was angling to be Oprah at the time, and then she yeah. kind of went the other direction. They all and do. And just ha- had it fun. Yeah, they all when do. they figure because, out they can't yeah. be Oprah, they all are like, all right, let's go to the trash. <laughs> <laughs> well, what an experience uh, to have at a young age. So when, so then when do you make the decision you want to be a comic? Is that, are you already oh my there? gosh. Uh, let's see. So I actually, going back to the question that you asked me, uh, Brian, is that I am from Chicago. I actually, uh, I studied a very prestigious school. I studied at Columbia. Holy Uh, shit. Yeah. College in Chicago. So it was very amazing. Looks Uh, and brains. I always like to say that because people are like Columbia in New York. And I'm like, no college in Chicago. (laughs) Um, because like, I I mean, it is the, it's the, it's the college for performing arts people who are awful at everything else. Like my, my science class was the science of chocolate and candy. Like, I love that. That's how dumb I was that I had to like, they'd be like, okay, so. How is chocolate made? And I was like, oh, God, this is too complicated. <laughs> I can see the professor like, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll? And yeah, Oscar's and like, I'll like, figure this well, one out. Uh, okay, I can answer that one. Uh, um, but no, I. Uh, what was the question? You I grew up ADHD. in Chicago. Your parents, oh, like, I know, you get ADHD. <laughs> yeah, you have ADHD, so I'm sorry. Your parents, where are they from? Like, where are they from? Are, are, what my is parents, your... so my mother's Norwegian, my father is Turkish. Ah. Yeah. You're, and yeah. I grew up in the outskirts of Chicago. I know. And I don't you tell people that because you're always like, oh, I grew up in Rockford. And they're like, what shithole place is that? And I'm like, oh, I grew up in Chicago. <laughs> I oh say God, the I same now, thing. Rockford is not a shithole. I'm sorry. Rockford's not a shithole. I can't say that. It was definitely a city that I was excited to get out. Let's just say. Mm-hmm. Listen, I tell this. I tell people the same thing. I was born in Oak Forest, Illinois, but I was born in the Payless Heights Hospital, which is the Chicago hospital. So I always say Chicago because trying to explain to someone right. that you're actually not from the city of Chicago, it's just a lot cooler to say that you're from Chicago and also then people understand geographically where you're talking about because no one knows where the fuck Oak Forest, Illinois well, is or Rockford, Illinois. Atlanta kind of is very spread out too. So if you said yeah, Alpha, but Atlanta is not Chicago. Chicago is a much <laughs> Chicago is a much cooler city. So your dad is is Turkish. How do you end up in New York? So you you grew up in Chicago, yeah, so and the then thing is though, that, yeah, but Brian, the thing is though, is that when it comes to Chicago, people always think that Chicago is four streets. And yeah. I'm like, Chicago is not four streets. It's much bigger. It's an entire area. But they're like, oh, four streets. Those four streets. I'm like, no, no one's <laughs> from those four streets. Right. Those four streets are business. And most of that is Wacker Drive. Like, that's it's not, true. That's not Chicago. It's not at so, all. Yeah. We so, think of like, uh, I mean, it's like people think of L.A. and they think of, you know, Beverly Hills or Rodeo Drive. But mm-hmm. L.A. is a fucking incredibly large city. And it's not yeah. uh, it's not, you know, Rodeo Drive and Beverly Hills. It's so much more than that. Chicago, you're right, is the same way. And I heard an interesting line. I think it was on a West Wing episode where the president at the time, who is Martin <laughs> Sheen, goes, <laughs> he goes, I keep on hearing about Chicago that I have to get there and how amazing the city is. And I hear it from all the people who still do don't live in Chicago anymore. <laughs> right. And it's so 
true. But I think Chicago is a wonderful city. I would never live there again. It's too fucking cold for my taste. Mm-hmm. And it's just a big, hairy city. And so you so Chicago. Go ahead. Well, here's the thing, though, Brian. I mean, like, if you look at it, like Chicago is a great city for people that want to raise kids in a big city feel. Agreed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they still want that Midwest feel like that Midwest environment and a big city feel. So you're getting the best of both worlds, right? And I think Chicago is a great city. I, uh, I, you know, I went to college there. I worked extensively in so many places when I was in college. I think I had like 14 jobs in the span of three months. And, (laughs) and, uh, you know, it's a, it's a great place to live, but I, I, probably would not go back just because it's so cold. However, I will say this. Chicago is an easier city to get around the United States than New York. Yeah, I feel like I love I love New York. I love New York. But anytime I think about myself living there with Mm -hmm. my family and my children, it's a big fucking N.O. because it's such a beast of a city. And I know so many people that get eaten alive by the city. They go from Atlanta or wherever they're from and they say, I'm going to move to New York. I can make it there. I can make it anywhere. And they go there and they're there for like six months and then they come back home because I feel like it just takes a certain type of personality to really make it in a city like New York. It's the biggest of the big. It's the baddest of the bad. It's a beautiful, wonderful city to visit. But for most people, you should not even entertain the idea of living there. How how do you feel about New York living there? Well, here's the thing. If you're going to make it in New York City, the only way that you can do it is if you throw your hat up in the air when you arrive like Mary Tyler Moore. (laughs) Yeah, you have to do that. If you don't, then obviously you're not going to make it here. Uh, But no, New York is great, but it's exhausting to live in. I mean, it's a city of what? 700,000 million people and you can feel alone by yourself one Mm -hmm. day walking down the street, you know? And so it's a great city, but it's one that you have to hustle. Like you have to, you have to know how to hustle and you have to want the hustle. If you don't Mm -hmm. want the hustle and if you don't want that, all right, I guess you can come here and not, if you have a good job and you have good credit, then you don't have to work. But if you don't have a good job and you don't have good credit, like 95% of the people in New York City's no, I shouldn't say that. A lot of people do have good jobs, but if they you just don't have, have shitty like credit, amazing eight hundred credit, then it's a you know it's like you gotta hustle a little bit. Like I, you know, okay, maybe I'm making generalizations. I don't know, but we're a just, we're a show full of generalizations. So please continue. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, great. No, New York City is a great city if you want to come and you want and you have a dream. But I mean, there's there's reality versus expectation. Correct. Sure. And yeah. I think yeah. Now, here's the thing. I don't know what either of those words mean, but I hear a lot of people saying it, so I just repeat it. Well, like, for instance, when I used to watch Sex in the City yeah. when I was younger, it was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to grow up there. It's going to be exactly like that. And, you know, it's not. No, it's <laughs> not. Exactly no, there's that. there's nothing like this. I mean, it, that's the thing is that Sex in the City is an incredibly re- you know, horrible portrayal of New York City because everyone has wonderful, big, beautiful apartments. Mm-hmm. They all run around seemingly with no jobs and a ton of money. <laughs> it's like if you don't have those that kind of access, then, you know, it's I think he's right. You have to hustle in that city to make yeah. it. And you're probably living in a you know three foot by three foot apartment, taking public transportation everywhere you go, hoping that you can get groceries tomorrow. Oscar, what do you, you look for what? in a woman? <laughs> <laughs> awkward. Uh, but can I just say something? As, of course, you I'm can. I'm going to say this as a gay man, and this may trigger some people. Okay. And um, some people 
might have the need to cancel me, and I don't know if that's necessary right now, but maybe we'll just take it as is. Um, I have never seen an episode of Sex in the City. Oh, my God. It's okay. There it goes. There's every, always tomorrow. Every vision and thought I had of a gay man just out the window. All my gay friends. That's just unbelievable. You've never seen Sex in the City? I'm a straight white man and I've seen Sex in the City. How have you missed an episode of Sex in the City? I don't. I can't get into it. I just can't get into it. Oh, Oscar, we got to talk. Nothing, there's nothing good about it. There's a, I don't know, maybe that's just me. It's my opinion. Of course, there's a lot good about it. Fashion trends were set. You know, there was this whole dialogue about independent women. And I think that's great. I just was never a fan of the show. Yeah, no problem. I'm a fan. Now, we, we can, if we talk about the Golden Girls... Love the Golden Girls. Love the Golden Girls. I'm a Golden Girls fan, but I've been I've been ostracized. For not, I've been ostracized, gay ostracized, ostracized. <laughs> they took away your card. Me. Yeah, for not be, just add just add G to everything like gay ADHD, ostracized. You know, like all that. I've been ostracized for not having seen Sex in the City. It seems a little strange that you're a, a gay man and that you've never seen sex. It seems a little strange. Let me just take the gay out of it. It seems a little strange that you're a human and never seen an episode of Sex in the City. I feel like that show is so incredibly I've seen popular. Around, but I've never actually had the patience or the like. I've never had the desire to sit down and watch a full episode. I didn't make it's it through like many Ina of the episodes. Gartner, yeah, right. It's like Ina Gartner and Barefoot Contessa. Great show. <laughs> <laughs> Can't listen to that what fucking voice. Show. Yeah, that's right. But you know what, though? I'll fall asleep during it. She yeah, I voice, can't do it. Like, honestly, I love Barefoot Contessa, but they should actually sell her voice <laughs> as an audiobook to put babies to sleep. Right. Because it is so fucking monotone and flat. I agree. It I is. agree. It's like... <laughs> she has great recipes, though. Really good... <laughs> What's her husband's name? <laughs> Jeffrey. <laughs> Jeffrey. Jeffrey. <laughs> Do you want to know something? Jeffrey loves my potatoes. It is like that. When I put, when I put melted cheese on them. What is she saying? I know. I'm gonna make vodka. I'm gonna make penny all of vodka. It's gonna be amazing. Do you want to know why? Because I took Jeffrey to Italy once. Italy. Every time we come back, she makes me make penny all of and you're gonna and you're gonna love it too. He's got AMS ASMR for Ina Garden. I feel like to, to Barefoot Contessa, I feel like she lives in a world that no one lives in. You know what oh, I'm that's saying? That's true. I had the butler set up a, set up a table in the chalet for fifteen people. That's like I Well they're childless. And she makes a bunch of money. How much was the cheese? $7,000. Yes. Exactly. Just throw some in there. Yeah. I had it flown. I had it flown first class from Italy. Yeah, flown first class yeah. from England. Yeah, Enrique Iglesias. Yeah. He, <laughs> he's the, the cow not Italian is he? Oh, that's awkward. Yeah, yeah, he's not. The cow drank champagne the entire entire life. That's how the cheese came out. So wonderful. <laughs> it's so soft. Let's take a walk it's out supple. to the chalet where I have where the napkins are gold plated. She's like, you know what? She's like, you know, if you can't, I love making breakfast with ostrich eggs, and if you can't get ostrich eggs at your local supermarket. You can always order them <laughs> from Amazon. 
<laughs> Who the fuck orders ostrich eggs? Who does? What world does she live in where someone's yeah, gonna be like, so you know what? Fucking true. I totally did not make my eggs with ostrich <laughs> today. My husband Monty doesn't know. What does she do? Can I ask a question? Does anybody know what she does for a living besides be on TV? Because it seems like they have an incredible dickload of money. Yeah, no, they do. She yeah, they had her store in the Hamptons. The Hamptons. Oh, that's how she started. That's yeah. why she's always in these beautiful locations. Mm-hmm. That looks like she's well, in the Hamptons because she's in the Hamptons. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Barefoot Contessa. Barefoot Contessa. So that's where yeah. she, you know, and then, you know, obviously a lot of TV folk like going out to the Hamptons. So I'm pretty sure an executive producer out there was like, we should put you on TV. And then, you know, history was made. <laughs> yeah. The guy just wanted free cheese at Barefoot Contessa. And now all of a sudden <laughs> it's, a sh- it's a show that won't, yeah, Ostrich Eggs. Who the fuck gets Ostrich Eggs? I mean... To, that sounds I mean, disgusting like, to me, I'm by a, the way. I've never had I'm assuming okay. that anybody who gets free food at her place is like winning the lottery, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, that's, that's more. I'm going to sell that. That's what it is. <laughs> Stern lives on the Hamptons. I wonder if he goes to Barefoot Contessa. I bet he doesn't even show his face half the places. Oscar, what what is it what has it been like? I, Oscar, I love that name. What has it been like for a comic in New York City during this pandemic that we're going through? Um... Truth, truth. How do I answer that? I think it is to each their own. Yeah. So I looked at it as, you know, uh, obviously this pandemic hurt a lot of people and a lot of entertainers, especially comedians and the performing arts, especially and and Broadway and everything when they shut down. And it was really terrible because that's how people made their money. Like that's how they got they got spots and mm-hmm. they got paid for these things. And so. You know, I think the pandemic was obviously awful, but it really helped in a way because it opened up a new door to comedians taking and making things their own. And that's true story thing is to see how it's it's great to see how comedians have adapted to this pandemic, because, I mean, let's be honest, like. You know, the pandemic of 1912, no one was standing outside of their barn being like, Gert, we've got Gert and her lady in comedy, you know, uh, two fields down. Why don't you go? No one was barking outside of their barn trying to get people to come in and right. watch a fucking comedy show. Uh, you know? It's true. They were just worried like, about oh, the next meal was going to come gonna from. going to be on the Titanic next week. And you're like, that's just not how it works. So I think what happened was is. A lot of people obviously went to Zoom comedy shows. That started taking off. Like, mm-hmm. people were doing Zoom comedy shows. But you had a lot of comedians who were like, I'm not doing that. That's not real comedy. Listen, you know what? To each your own. But I look at it, I look at it as a spot is a spot. No matter whether it's online, in the dingy basement, on a stage, a spot is a spot. In order, I, if I have an opportunity to work on my craft and make people laugh, then I'm happy no matter where it is. You know, like, I'll do it. So I think what comedians did in New York City is, you know, a lot of the time before the pandemic, it was very much club based. And that's great because these clubs are places where a lot of people get their footing into comedy and really get to shine in front of a, like an, a, an actual concrete audience. Because yeah. when you do shows when you do shows at, you know, when you do shows out in the park or at these venues, a lot of times you don't know who's going to show up. You don't know what mm-hmm. kind of audience there is. But when you do shows at comedy clubs, you know that you're going to actually do comedy at a comedy club and people are there to see comedy. Yeah. So 
it's it's one of those things where it's like yes comedy clubs yes 1000% they uh, they des- they should have been back a long time ago but obviously the people in our city didn't want that to happen which was asinine totally but, you know you also still have the comedians who are very wary about going out mm-hmm. and that's understandable there like there's no fault and i think what the thing is a lot of times is you know we shouldn't shame people for wanting to either stay in or go out right it's absolutely but yeah. at the same token they shouldn't be chastised for doing what they need to do to further their career wherever that opportunity pops up. And it brings to mind the connection is made that how long have you been on Clubhouse for? Uh, I joined February 14th, I think. February 14th of this year? Well, Jesus Jones, you have been you've been for just like a month and a half and you're like a rocket ship. I mean, honestly, I see you everywhere on that clubhouse. Do you feel like clubhouse is a great place to do comedy or is it hard to do comedy at clubhouse because you cannot see people's reaction to your material? I love it because I I can finally lay on my bed naked eating pizza. (laughs) Like I don't. Like, I don't I don't get this. I don't, I don't get it either. Like, why not? Why would I not want to just lie naked and do comedy? You know, like I, that's the best thing in the world to do is to, how, what comedian is going to be like, oh, I want to travel 17,000 miles to do a show for 20 minutes. I've no. heard it. I've like, heard like, it. I've heard this complaint. Know, here's the thing. And here's the thing. You know what? Like I've been able to do comedy for 800 people. Yeah. 800 people on Clubhouse are listening to comedians do comedy. That's a big fucking deal. A lot of comedians, their biggest audience has been, what, 30, 40, 50 people, people, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But you're getting audiences of like a thousand, two thousand people. That's fucking amazing. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, and people are like, oh, I can't do comedy on there. It's so weird. Listen, comedy is comedy. You can either make people laugh on that. Now, I will say this. Some people who are good at doing live comedy don't always translate well to mm. audio oh, This We've is had true. an experience We've had an that. experience with <laughs> yeah. this. Yes, we've had a couple. Of, well, we'll just say it this way. We've yeah. had a number. Oscar and I had a phone call before the show yesterday, mm-hmm. and I said that I was that I had unfortunately was unable to air um, an episode that had aired. And he says, oh, you sometimes you don't air episodes that aren't good. And I said, no. And he said, it's good. You throw away your trash or something yeah. like that. And I was like, I do, because some people don't translate well. They're yeah. not like you're funny. I feel like now that I've, an everyday conversation, an everyday conversation. So you're funny anyway. Right. Doesn't matter where you put your, Oscar. Oscar's going to be funny because that's his personality. Right. But I think some comics, they only turn on in certain situations and that certain situation may be what they're conditioned to do like in front of an audience where they have to fight for the laugh, but you get them on clubhouse and it falls completely flat. And we've all heard it. I mean, if you've been in as as many club uh, comedy rooms as I have, or Oscar has, Mm -hmm. you hear it, you hear the people that are really trying to translate that type of comedy into audio only. And it just doesn't work. And it's usually the comics. I believe this is just my assumption. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but the comics who just have one set, five jokes, and that's it. They've been working right. on it for a long time. They don't know how to kind of move quick on their feet, right? And and adapt. Where Oscar is a fucking riot, no matter where you put. If you listen to Oscar on Clubhouse, he is by far the funniest moderator that's out to. there. By far, <laughs> no doubt, Oscar. I <clears throat> I have to give you props because you are the funniest comic that's on on Clubhouse, in my opinion. In my opinion. Aw, well, here's the thing. A, I greatly appreciate that. You're welcome. B, is that I've always been like, I don't know, like, I consider myself a comedian, but I also consider myself like an entertainer. 
Yeah. So mm-hmm. I've been, and I think that for me is that some people can be really 1,000% beautiful comedians. And their gift is unparalleled, right? But some people also are entertainers on top of that. Yes. And that's where I think you get like the, uh, like that's where you get the real gold and I'm trying to build up to that. I'm not saying I'm there, but I also am one of those people that's like, I'm not going to force trying to be funny just to be funny. I'm going to be like, if it's funny, I'm going to say something. If not, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But that's what I like about, like I enjoy clubhouse because I get to just kind of riff and have fun and do whatever, do whatever I want. And I appreciate that. And you know, yes, have I, you know, I've looked at it as, uh, when I first started, I got, I was in a room and it was Nick Hurley, who's a comedian in LA, and uh, Tally Perry, who's a comedian from Canada. I went in and my friend Daniel Janine, who lives here in New York, was like, you should try the app. So I was like, all right, great. So I went on to Clubhouse and the first room that I went into, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. But the first room that popped up was vent for 20 seconds and then shut up, which was a great Great. <laughs> and it was run by Nick Hurley yeah. and Tally Perry and a few other people, and I don't remember who it was, but I'm pretty sure it's a lot of the people that I see around now. And I vented something, and they were like, oh, this guy's funny. They brought me up on stage, and then they modded me, and I was like, I have no idea what that means. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, can we just say this? Modded hallway... <laughs> And hand raising was a not on my fucking bingo card for 2021. Right. Like, I don't understand it. You would have put all that and been like, here you go. Put that on your bingo card. So, but I like, I thank them because they kind of like helped me guide me through Clubhouse. And I just kept going to the rooms where they were at. Yeah. I just learned how to do things and learned how to speak and learn how to moderate. And so now it's like, I enjoy being that. I've also kind of taken a little bit of a break. Like, I'm like, meh, sometimes. Like, the big rooms are great, and I enjoy them. But then there's a part of me that's like, meh. Yeah, I agree with you. It's ebbs and flows. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I agree with you. I think there's there's an obsession factor to Clubhouse. It's easy to get obsessed and sucked into it, but then you need to take a deep breath because what are we all, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's like a game. You're just, you know, you're getting followers, you're making friends, you're having fun, but it it can consume your life. I'm sure that there's going to be a room for divorcees at some point (laughs) of Clubhouse because there's some people on there that I see 24 hours a day. I go to bed, they're there. I wake up, they're there. They're never not. on Clubhouse and I wonder if they have lives outside of Clubhouse speaking of life outside of Clubhouse are you single is an important question that the audience wants to know uh, I am not single. Whoa! Uh, I thought you were the consummate single man out there in the city. Oh, God. I know. I am currently in a relationship, and I can just tell you, it's... It's, it's wonderful. Uh, oh, and- look at that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> no. no one needs to have love in their life. It's absolutely awful. It's fucked quick, up. Ryan, before I forget, because I yeah. do have ADHD, when you do your podcast rooms, I really love, like, I, I love, like listening to people but i go into a lot of the rooms outside of yours brian uh where i listen to people talk about uh talk about like podcasts and things like that and what they don't do is they don't do this which is the sound test Mm. and what people don't realize is 
Like, they'll like, oh, start a podcast and you need this and you need this. But what they don't tell the people is you got to do a clap test. Yeah, I'm not talking about the STD. (laughs) Right. I'm talking about the actual (laughs) clap test where you clap in your apartment to see where the echo is. Echo goes. That's right. Behind me is actually whiteboard to stop the echo from what Look at Oscar. Oscar, it took us 22 episodes to figure that <laughs> out did. in this fucking room, yeah. and you should see. You can't, what you cannot see is this room is, I know, I would be around the room going like this, and Holdy's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm trying to figure out where the sound is going. So we have the carpet on the floor, we have panels all over. The, it's just, it looks like a disaster. This is the only part of the room that actually it's looks good. It's held up by one wire. One of, the things, one of the things that drives me fucking crazy about podcasters is that they will get on and they won't take 15 fucking seconds to make sure that they sound okay and they sound like they're in a goddamn tin can talking and and then they think that it's a good you know that oh i got the best podcast in the world no you don't it doesn't matter if you got fucking oprah on if you sound like you're in a tin can i am not listening to your shitty show take five minutes make sure the microphone works and the headphones are on and you're so right oscar make it dead Dead, dead, dead. Okay, so that's then the key. I have a question. For, I, I have a question for both of you. Okay. Please. Okay. So, as a comedian who always loves to learn and wants to grow, Ooh. and I accept uh, constructive criticism and you know and feedback, I would love for you to take time whenever you can and listen to my podcast, Gay HD. It's on Spotify, and tell me what I can do to make it better. Absolutely, we will do this. I'd love to, Oscar. To I will today. work with you personally. Mm-hmm. On your podcast. Yeah. And here's the thing. My, Brian my podcast is, I've tried to, and I don't know, maybe I've said this in other places. So my podcast is, I've always wanted to do a podcast because I feel like I just have a natural gift for talking. I, I think so. I never had any friends growing up, so I just talk to myself. Perfect. So <laughs> my thing is, like, and I feel like that's what every podcaster is. True story. Yeah, like, We're trying to yeah, fill exactly. a hole in our soul <laughs> over and over again. Right. Every episode. Right. Yeah. So... I had started gate. Well, my first podcast was everybody calm the fuck down. And then I was like, okay, I can't do that because of the wording. Well, then I'll do stir the podcast. And I was like, no, everybody's tried that. And I was like, all right, let's do gay ADHD. And that also stems from ADHD. And I was like, I'm still probably going to change the name 5,000 times because I'm never happy. Yes. So I finally settled on gay ADHD and I did the artwork and I, and I did the first episode and it sounded awful. And then I did the second episode. But like what I'm noticing is, I'm trying to make sure that it's obviously fun, but I'm focusing on entertainers and comedians who have been diagnosed with ADHD and how they cope with that. What a brilliant, brilliant idea. Because I would bet that most comedians or uh, there's a large subset of comedians who suffer from this problem. That's my guess. Right. Right. So I'm trying to figure out, okay, so now I've got, and I've got a list of people that I want to use and everything like that. And I'm excited, right? Ecstatic. (laughs) And, but I want to know, like, what can I do to make each show different? Because obviously people are tuning in and they want to hear about the experiences. But after a while, you're like, okay, everybody kind of, when it comes to ADHD, it kind of starts sounding the same. So yes. what can I do to ensure that it's always kind of fresh and new? I feel own? like you, you know are I mean? a like I'm trying ball to- of entertainment. And what you need is you just need, and you, there are two, in my opinion, there are two types at the Venn diagram of podcasting. There are, at the very top, there are two types of podcasts. There are informational podcasts where you're receiving and giving information and laughing can be that, comedy can be that information. And then there are personality-driven podcasts. Mm-hmm. You are a 
personality-driven podcast. If I have ever seen one, Oscar, and I feel like the possibilities are endless with you. And I think you're right. I think that if you do ADHD too much, like over and over and over again by episode number 50 or 60, it's going to be the same story relatively over and over again with a different flavor. Right. So Brian Green, podcast coach extraordinaire, <laughs> the high in de- hot, hot in demand, will absolutely take the time yeah. to sit with you, Oscar, and make sure that you have some material moving forward and that uh, that you figure it out. Look at look at the commercial break. Look at what a huge success we've turned <laughs> We're out to be. ripping up the internet. We're tearing up the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you guys, I'm like, uh, you guys are very successful. And well, thank you. Like, so here's the thing. So I've noticed, Brian, is that I am good on a receiving end. <laughs> Wait, what's a blouse? What's a blouse? Tell me what a blouse is. It's a feminine top. Calm down. It's a feminine um, top. I am good on a receiving end, but I'm not sometimes always good on the other. Also, for all the gay men out there, calm down, because I know you're good right now. But I will say, on the receiving end... Uh, I'm good. Like if you're interviewing me, I feel like I'm okay. But when I have to turn the tables and start interviewing people, I feel like I'm getting boring. Yeah. Uh, And that's what my fear is. A little Mm -hmm. preparation goes a long way in this. And I will absolutely share with you some of the things that I've learned over our time here at the commercial break. I want to get back to one question. (laughs) Oscar. Ryan, can we do this? Can we, when you and I work together, can we call it Preparation H? Yes. <laughs> yes, we can Please. call it whatever you want. <laughs> Preparation H, fluffing. I don't care. Whatever you want to call it, you can call it. I'm going to go fluff Oscar. I'll be right back. I love that. I'm I fucking go, yeah. love that. Preparation H. Just the tip. Whatever you want to call it, Oscar, I'm in. <laughs> we'll talk to I my. Love that. Oh, I'm am... gonna steal that preparation H for a preparation homo. I love I, I am a straight man who's not afraid of my of my gayness. I just am not. I have no. There's. I love it. I love you, Oscar. I love you to death. Tell me about oh my love. God, I love you guys too. Tell me about love. Tell me about this guy that you're dating. It's, oh, how did you find him? Disgusting. Yeah, I don't know whoever invented love, but they need to be drug out into the street. Yeah, like, you're just not used like, to that feeling. Know. You're not used to that feeling of of wanting somebody and needing somebody. Emotions. Yes, that's it. So, how did you meet him during the pandemic? We met. Um, he's actually a really cool, fun guy, and we both have gay DHD, which is great because we never actually finish each finish. <laughs> sentences right so, just start new ones uh, <laughs> we actually never finish our thoughts yeah literally hey how you this, where are we going today hey, you want to go this road what, <laughs> yeah this is what this sounds like this is a conversation between the two of us hey what do you feel like dinner oh my gosh guess what i just saw on instagram i was thinking of getting sushi oh, i was wanting to go to the park you know what? i love the park in the summertime you know what's great in the summertime bathing suit oh my god i need to go to tk and get a bathing suit and like seven hours later we have no idea what it's seven hours later about. you're like i'm still hungry first. yeah i'm still hungry and then what's worse is we both stop and then we never even think about what we just talked about. We're like, what are we oh my god! Really talking about? Um, no, we actually met at the laundromat. So you let you Aww. met at the laundromat. That's oh, that's so sweet. You were doing oh, your sun. No. You were doing your sundries and your Sunday <laughs> best. <laughs> Can I borrow so a quarter? Is, yeah. Uh, all right. This isn't Hallmark. Okay? <laughs> Hallmark. This isn't the Hallmark. Channel. For once in our life, uh, we're trying to be. We're trying to be serious. <laughs> Uh, no, so we met 
What's interesting is, though, is that we probably wouldn't have met if the woman in front of me hadn't taken so long. What's interesting is I was going to drop off my laundry, and there was this woman, and she was walking kind of like next to me on the sidewalk of New York City, and then she kind of just bolted a little bit faster Ah. right in there, and then she took like so long. Now, because she took so long, he actually came in... I was like standing there and we started like, you know, giving each other the googly eyes. Yeah. Like, you know, and then um, and then but the only reason like he came in is because I'd been waiting there for so long. I'm assuming had she not been there, I would not have met him. So I don't know. And yes, this is serendipitous. And this goes yeah, back that's... to the Great Walkway Treaty of 2021. If you don't know what the Great Walkway Treaty of 2021 is, Brian wants to put, install the Great Walkway Treaty of 2021. We signed it yeah, we signed it and everything where we actually have fucking manners on the street when we're walking with each other. You stand, you walk on the right side, don't cut in front of each other, stop walking in front of, you know, there's like some competition about walking. That's why I feel like New York would be bad for me because I, I would be heated 24 hours a day. I'd be like, do you do that in a car? Do you do that in a car? Fucking asshole. But look at that. It worked out well for you. All the time when yeah, I'm biking down the street, I bike in New York City and I scream at people. Yeah, ninety nine percent of the time, it's got road rage on the bike. Construction workers, but right. <laughs> do the construction workers cat call you? I'm gonna keep my mouth shut. Look at that. Oscar is the is a handsome man. He looks like this. a Telemundo a, star. You really there's do. There's a large con- there's a large contingency of possibly bisexual construction workers. Like Look it. at that. This is a secret I did not know. Yes. Welcome welcome I can see to that. we're on the inside, Holly. Well, yeah. We're on the inside. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is what the show needed the entire time. <laughs> yeah, uh, bisexual construction workers from a homosexual. <laughs> That's right. yeah. We needed to know. Yes. Let's get them on the show too. <laughs> Oscar, I don't even feel like we have scratched the surface. I have a list of questions 15 seconds 15 miles long but the truth is is that we keep the show to under 45 minutes i would love to have you back are you coming back yes my god that's it that's it that's all we do we just do it for 30 minutes i mean because we know that much like much like you the rest of the the rest of the (laughs) podcast universe is adhd (laughs) and we go over an hour and we're literally doing the show to nobody i mean i feel like after a while we'll get there where people will listen for longer and longer but we're only 65 episodes in or ish and so i feel like and we we look at the stats and after 45 minutes people just they turn off and they go away so we want to keep it the more interviews like oscar i think yeah i think i agree with you i feel like we need to this is just me talking and people can text me 470-584-8449 or at the commercial break. People can text me and let me know. But I feel like if we brought someone like Oscar on, we should do a real in-depth interview. Like it should yeah. go for an hour. Like I feel like we just get warmed up and then it's time to go with the interviews mm-hmm. sometimes. And you I people... Do, um, you should do like the questionnaire where you like, you do a poll and be like, yeah. do you want this is true. This we should do that. Or, or do you never want to hear this person again? Yeah. Yeah. That helps. Oh, Oscar, <laughs> I have a I have a feeling we're going to get some good feedback about this episode because we've had <laughs> we've had some others on. It didn't work out so hot for us. And you have been a, Oscar's been amazing. a minute. You are. I can't wait to oh check God, out your I podcast. You I love you. Too. I can't wait to listen to your podcast, too. Yeah. And Gay no, ADHD. don't expect much. Yeah, like, I, like I tell people when they go to my Tinder profile, don't don't. He's not single no. anymore, guys. That's He's right. taken off the streets. Off don't the expect market. anything. I'm going to put a nice, handsome picture on on the promo so you can see that. Oscar, will you come back and will you come back soon? Like, seriously, will you come back yes, in the I'd next month? To. OK, we're going to do a part two. We'll follow yes. up with Oscar. Part two with we Oscar. do that with the people that we love. Uh, part two coming up. Oscar, Aiden, you can find him at what's your Instagram? 
Oh, it's my biggest thing. So here's my thing. I am trying to drive as many people to my Instagram because as a comedian who produces shows in New York City, one of the biggest annoyances is that I don't have the swipe up feature. Uh... You only get the swipe up feature if you are like either verified or if you're like above 10,000 followers. So every time I try and promote shows, I always have to link them, like go to bio, but then I'm like, ugh. So I'm trying to get people to like go to my Instagram and I think that's the best social currency for me is just pushing people to Instas. We will. Okay, so tell us what the Instagram is uh, here. It's Oscar Aiden. A-Y-D-I-N. Yeah. Yep. A-Y-D-I-N. We'll put all of that information in the show notes. We'll send it out via our own Instagram account. Oscar, you are a man after my own heart. I love you. I'll see you in Clubhouse. I'll help you with your podcast. So just we'll get together after the show. Thank you so much. You too. You too, my friend. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. That's Oscar Aiden. Wow. I love Oscar. I love him so much. Oscar's going to get a part two. There's no doubt about it. Oscar Oscar is the man. But he's taken. So just for all of the guys out there who, who are hoping. And there he goes. He's gone. And for all of the guys who are hoping, Oscar's taken. He's a handsome dude. He he's looks like a Telemundo totally star. I'm not even kidding. He looks like a Telemundo star, doesn't he? Mm, he does. I know he's Turkish and he's probably mad at me for calling him, you know, Latino. <laughs> but the truth is, he looks like a Telemundo star. So that's Oscar Aiden. We'll bring him back for part two. He's and super funny. He his, is, I did check out his Instagram stuff and he's got some really funny I videos. got lost in it yesterday. Yeah. I really did. Like, I at first, on the surface, like, you really have to dig for Oscar stuff. But if you go look for videos, he's done a lot of podcasts. He's done a lot of vodcasts and stuff like that. Some of the some of that you have to dig for a little bit. And mm-hmm. I'll put some links to that on the show. But he is a genuinely funny person. And oh, I yeah. feel like also a genuinely sweet person. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the, the funniness is there. But then there's yeah. also this like kind of, you know, kind super dude. And uh, in my couple interactions with him, I've had a great time. So, you know, what else? What else is there to say? <laughs> I do awesome. feel like I do feel like we need to push the show a little bit yeah. when it comes to interviews. Yes. Because I feel like 20 minutes is not enough. 20, 30 minutes is not enough. Why don't we give people, our listeners as well, too, if they're listening this yes. far? If you've listened they've to this They've listened point. this far. I think I think they've made it to <laughs> okay. the author of the Oscar then send us suggestions. People you would like to see. People you would like interview. to see. Please, yeah. you if, throw anybody out. If And also, uh, text us, 470-584-8449. If you're interested in us taking the interviews just a little bit further, we'd like to hear from you. Because we know when we did it over the hour, you know, we went over the hour, usually people were bailing after the hour, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're interested in the commercial break going a little longer here and there, not every time, but going Mm -hmm. a little bit longer when we have guests or special events, let us know. Vote with your fingers. (laughs) 470-584-8449. Vote with your fingers and I don't mean the COVID (laughs) test. Yes, that's correct. Uh, So at the commercial break on Instagram, at Oscar Aiden, A-Y-D-I-N is uh, Oscar's Instagram. Go follow him. Do us a favor. Be a friend of the show. Follow Oscar. And TCB Chris Brian Green, B-R-Y-E-N-G-R-E-E-N on Clubhouse, the Commercial Break uh, Club, and the Comedy Podcast Club. We're going live inside of Clubhouse next week. So this is airing on Friday. We will be uh, yeah. out We'll announce Clubhouse. it on our Instagram. Yeah, we'll announce it on our Instagram. Mm-hmm. And if you'd like to join us, there's probably about 100 people in that Commercial Break Club right now. Nice. So I can't decide if I want to go to Comedy Podcast Club or Commercial Break Club, but okay. we'll figure it out. Okay. Uh, and we'll let you know where to go. And if you're interested, text us and we'll... Uh, We'll give you more information. And if you need an invite, let me know, because I have plenty of invites. God damn, the clubhouse has given us so many invites. That must mean we're important, Hoadley. It does. We are. Yes, we are. (laughs) Well, that's it. 
<laughs> Much love to Oscar Aiden. Love Go follow you. him on love Instagram. You, Oscar. Love, love you, Brian. Oscar. Love you, too. Until next time. Bye. The Commercial Break. New episodes on Tuesdays and now Fridays. New YouTube clips drop daily at youtube.com slash the commercial break. Visit tcbpodcast.com for access to our entire media library. Follow us at The Commercial Break on Instagram and join The Commercial Break Club on Clubhouse to join in live recordings. Each episode is written and produced by Brian Green, co-hosted by Chrissy Hoadley, with additional content provided by Tina Cano.